Very good. Welcome to worship. I'm just going to make this quick. It's hot out today, so if, if you need a break, if you need to step into the shade, if you need some water, feel free to do that, okay? It's, we, can be, we can be flexible today. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus saw the city and wept over it, because it did not recognize the time of God's coming. We confess our part in the self-centeredness and sin in the life of our community. Gracious God, have mercy on us. We confess that we have turned from you and given ourselves into the power of sin. We are truly sorry and humbly repent. In your compassion, forgive us our sins, known and unknown, things we have done and things we have failed to do. Turn us again to you and uphold us by your spirit so that we may live and serve you in newness of life through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Dear friends, God who is rich in mercy loved us even when we were dead in sin and made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. In the name of Jesus Christ, your sins are forgiven. May Almighty God strengthen you with power through the Holy Spirit, that Christ might live in your hearts through faith. Amen. Salvation glorious, the old sun. 
Let us pray. All-powerful God, in Jesus Christ, you turned death into life and defeat into victory. Increase our faith and trust in him that we may triumph over all evil. In the strength of the same Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. The first reading today is from 2 Corinthians. Just as we have the same spirit of faith that is in accordance with scripture, I believed and so I spoke, we also believe and so we speak. Because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus and will bring us with you into his presence. Yes, everything is for your sake so that grace as it extends to more and more people may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God. So we do not lose heart. Even though our outer nature is wasting away, our inner nature is being renewed day by day. For this slight momentary affliction is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all measure. Because we look at what can be seen, but at what cannot be seen. For what can be seen is temporary, but what cannot be seen is eternal. 
For we know that if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands eternal in the heavens. Word of God, word of life, thanks be to God. This is the Holy Gospel according to St. Mark. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus went home, and the crowd came together again, so that Jesus and the disciples could not even eat. When Jesus' family heard it, they went out to restrain Jesus, for people were saying, he's gone out of his mind. And the scribes who came down from Jerusalem said, Jesus has Beelzebul, and by the ruler of the demons, he casts out demons. And he called them to him and spoke to them in parables. How can Satan cast out Satan? 
If a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. And if a house is divided against itself, that house will not be able to stand. And if Satan has risen up against himself and is divided, he cannot stand, but his end has come. But no one can enter a strong man's house and plunder his property without first tying up the strong man. Then, indeed, the house can be plundered. Truly, I tell you, people will be forgiven their sins and whatever blasphemies they utter. But whoever blasphemes against the Holy Spirit can never have forgiveness, but is guilty of an eternal sin. For the scribes had said, he has an unclean spirit. Then Jesus' mother and his brothers came, and standing outside, they sent to him and called him. A crowd was standing around him, and they said to him, Jesus, your mother and your brothers and sisters are outside asking for you. And he replied, Who are my mother and my brothers? And looking at those who sat around him, he said, Here are my mother and my brothers. Whoever does the will of God is my brother and my sister and my mother. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. and cast away the demons that destroy transform our lives to sense your love and spread abroad your joy there's a conversation I've had again and again over the past year or so the last one was last weekend, actually. You ask someone politely, how are you? And they respond, good. And you say, no, I'm actually asking you how you're doing. And they respond, well, I'm actually really burned out. You can be burned out from work, of course, but you can be burned out from pretty much anything. Parenting, caregiving, studying, service, organizing, etc., etc. You're burned out when you have that feeling of being exhausted, of feeling like your choices don't matter, of feeling like the effort that you put in, it really doesn't get you anywhere. 
Burnout isn't, I'm tired from pulling weeds all day, but my garden looks great. Burnout is, I'm tired from pulling weeds all day. The weeds come back every time I pull them. My neighbor keeps asking me when I'm going to take care of this weed issue, and I don't have childcare. <laughs> now, people have all sorts of theories for why burnout exists. Public resources, private problems, late capitalism, or just the stress of living. In his book, The Burnout Society, Byung-Chul Han writes that the root problem of burnout is an excess of positivity. We tell ourselves that we can accomplish anything with enough grit and hard work. And whenever we encounter a problem, we assume that the problem is really with us. And so we just bear down and work even harder at it. That's part of why that seemingly banal conversation where people say they're good when they're actually not is so revealing. Too much positivity causes burnout, and positivity is how we try to hide burnout. And burnout isn't necessarily a modern condition. In fact, if you read the Bible, you find all sorts of people in it who are completely burned out. The most noteworthy example is Moses. Moses leads the Israelites out of slavery into freedom. The Israelites are in freedom for like five verses, and then they begin complaining. In the book of Numbers, Moses laments to God, quote, I am not able to carry all this people alone, for they are too heavy for me. I'm burned out. And you get a similar dynamic in today's reading from 2 Corinthians. St. Paul's been traveling around, spreading the good news, and it's been hard. The travel is hard. The instability is hard. Not to put too fine a point on it, the Corinthians have also been hard. And so that's the context when St. Paul writes, though our outer nature is wasting away, our inner nature is being renewed day by day. You get the honesty about the difficulty of his, of his calling. You get a promise about being renewed day by day. But you also have a question you have to answer. What's all this stuff about inner nature and outer nature? There's a bunch of different things you can do with that. One is you can say that your inner nature refers to a soul and your outer nature refers to your body. Another way you could interpret it is to say the outer nature refers to physical, tangible stuff, and the inner nature is just spiritual stuff. And neither one of those is quite right. If we're dividing up your soul from your body, it's tempting to think bodies don't really matter. But we know that they do. And Paul even says that the resurrection of Jesus is made known in our bodies, not made known in our souls made known in our bodies. And we know it's not dividing physical stuff from spiritual stuff. We know creation is good. When God creates in the Hebrew Bible, God doesn't just say that creation is a useful means to some spiritual end. God says that it's good. So what is this inner nature and outer nature thing about? Well, it helps to think about this not as two separate things, but as two different perspectives on the same thing. 
By the outer nature, Paul's talking about how other people view us, how they judge us, how they evaluate us. And that means money, status, influence, power, all that sort of thing. And if that's the measure by which you judge the early church, then it's a failure. It doesn't look all that great. In fact, one of the major obstacles that Paul had getting people to take him seriously was that he wasn't impressive enough. People thought that the apostle of God should be someone composed and handsome and measured with a wife and 2.1 kids and a white picket fence on Hardtown Drive. They didn't think it should be a short-tempered man who jumps from place to place every year, has a side hustle making tents. From the perspective of the outer nature, Paul's wasting away day after day. But by the inner nature, Paul means our entire selves that are being made new in Christ. Not our wealth, not our status, not our influence, not any of that stuff that turns to dust. But our participation in God's work by the gift of the Holy Spirit. If you're judging by the inner nature, then Paul's mission is actually succeeding. As he puts it, grace extends to more and more people to the glory of God. People look at Paul, and they think he's failing. But he says, no, I'm actually succeeding. And more than that, it's precisely when people think I'm failing that I'm the most powerful. In fact, the fact that I'm not all that impressive, he says, just goes to shows, show it's not my own charisma and talent that's making this ministry possible. It's God. And that's why Paul can say he's wasting away even while being renewed. He's failing but succeeding. He's dying but living. It's hard for us to live in that paradox. It's easier, at least in the short run, to just stay relentlessly positive, to never admit a weakness, never admit a shortcoming, just bear down and strive even harder after perfection. But the end result is so often that we feel like we're just wasting away. Now there's one group of people I think we can learn from. This is a group of people, it's a vocation actually, which I would wager in the 70 some years Advent has been here, no one has ever said you should take inspiration from this group of people. And that group of people are clowns. Clowns, the whole point of clowns is they fail where you think they're going to succeed and they succeed when you think they're going to fail. Jacques Lecoq is a famous uh, French clown teacher and he has this book, I think it's called The Body in Motion. But there's part of it where he talks about a workshop they had with these clown students. And they put him up on the stage and they said, make us laugh. And the students did all these routines, they did all these stunts, and everyone in the audience just sat there stone-faced. And so they bared down even harder and did even more exaggerated routines, and still no one in the audience laughed. And Lecoq writes that everyone, quote, went back to their seats feeling frustrated, confused, and embarrassed. But it was at that point that they saw their weakness, and everybody burst out laughing. We are wasting away but being renewed, failing but succeeding, dying but living. 
Paul reminds us that our weaknesses can actually be life-giving to other people. And that we are not a place or a community where people have to meet some arbitrary standard of perfection, where people can't have weaknesses, where people have to be relentlessly positive all the time. What if we looked at this as an opportunity? But a place where we can be renewed. Because the body of Christ is manifested in our bodies, not when we achieve some impossible standard of perfection, but when grace extends to more and more people. The weaknesses that we try to cover up can be life-giving to others. Just like St. Paul, just like Jesus, we too are wasting away but being renewed. We are failing but succeeding. We are dying but always living. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. The world behind me, the cross before me. The world behind me, the cross before church around the world confessing our faith using the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again, he ascended into heaven, he is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. Amen. Let us come before our triune God in prayer. God of wholeness, we pray for believers all over the globe. Unify us in service of the gospel so that we may work together as beloved siblings to share your love with all. Lord, in your mercy, 
hear our prayer. God of the cosmos, we pray for creation. The gardens, waterways, and creatures near to us in forms of life that remain unseen. Teach us to treat the natural world with reverence, seeking restoration when divisions have caused harm to your creation. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God of all people, we pray for harmony among the nations. Cast out from us unclean spirits of greed and fear so that we may work in solidarity with one another for the common good. We pray especially this week for the people of Lesotho, Namibia, South Africa, and Eswatini. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God of abundance, we pray for those who are oppressed or in any need. Encourage those who have begun to lose heart. Strengthen and renew us with your spirit. If you have any petitions, I invite you to offer those at this time. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Renew our commitments to be in solidarity with the poor and to work against any form of injustice. Enliven our faith so that we can overcome the scourge of poverty. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. With thanksgiving, we remember those who have died. Keep us in communion with all the saints until we at last find our rest in you. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We offer these prayers in the name of the one in whom there is glory beyond all measure, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. gathered into one by the Holy Spirit, let us pray as Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom in the power, in the glory, forever and ever. Amen.
this time, we open things up for any announcements, joys, or concerns. Did anyone have anything they wanted to share with the congregation? I see none. I, I wanted to let you know, uh, just before a couple pastoral care things, Cast Out, O Christ, which we sang today, is from the new hymnal, the All Creation Sings. And then we did one last week, Source, Source and Sovereign, Rock and Cloud. Yes. yes. That was also from the new hymnal. Uh, so we're bringing that in, which is nice. Two brief pastoral care notes. One is Irene Jager is having surgery this week. Uh, she's having a, I believe it's a hip replacement. Um, so I invite you to keep Irene in your thoughts and care. And also I talked to Carolyn Wilson recently. Carolyn is doing okay. She asked me to greet everyone. Whenever I talk to Carolyn, she always asks me who's in church. So when you see me writing stuff down, I'm taking names of who's here for Carolyn. Uh, that is all I have in the way of announcements. I invite you to receive the blessing. May Christ draw you to humility and worship and bring you to see God at work. And may Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit bless you now and forever. Amen. Go in peace. May God's grace extend through you. Thanks be to God.